ACAST. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Here we are again, missing the point. Football? And on a week like this? Well, it is the Super Bowl coming up. Kind of feels crazy, Mike. Like, I... I've, you know, I know it's an, an old adage, especially when I live in a place with no seasons, but like time really flew this season. I feel like that went by so fast. I feel like we were just getting G'd up and, and getting ready for the fantasy draft. And, and now like all the events that have unfolded have unfolded. And here we are uh, at the end of a season. First time since we've been doing this podcast that a non-member of the podcast won the fantasy, right? That's something. I yeah, think. I, I yeah. mean, I, I was a, I was a wagon dude. I, I was know, a fucking I know. wagon. I know you had everybody. I was like, yeah. I was borderline. I was kind of cheering for you when I knew yeah. I couldn't come in. Cause I was like, you know, I just know how it feels to have the best team all season and then not be able to win the actual final, which seems to always happen. Right. It's like, yeah, you know, but you did have a great team. And I would, the only thing that made me mad about your team was that it's embarrassing for the league when we let someone get a team that good. Cause it's like, what, how did this happen? Like, Someone didn't draft X, Y, and Z when they like could have, you know, I thought I put in a pretty good performance considering I drafted Deshaun Watson and Nick Chubb. And like, I think making <laughs> it, I think making it past the first round of the playoffs was an impressive feat to, to yeah, be quite honest with you considering all, all that. hundred percent. And like I had, I mean, when you have Tyree kill Keenan Allen and I think I had, uh, Stefan Diggs. Oh, you, had and like, you had everybody. If I was, Burrow didn't go down, I feel like you win the, the championship. I think that was, I was the thing that killed 10 you. And, 10 and 1, dude. And I just I just get fucking bounced. <laughs> Much like what we're going to talk about today, though, you need that QB, man. You need that. You right. need that. When you get into the postseason, you need that sweet, sweet QB arm. You need that guy that can go get you a chip. I think at one point during the season, I'd refresh my memory if you were on this show, but it was after like one of the Chiefs comeback games of which they had several because they had a pretty up and down uh, season as far as their their skill positions go. We've talked all that to death. But at one point, Mahomes just put on a masterclass. I think it was probably week four or five. And I was like, we should probably just stop not betting on the best QB. Like whatever happens, your choices are basically going to come down to him or Joe Burrow. Lamar was in the conversation this year and – I guess Josh Allen was in the conversation this year, considering they they won like six straight before they got knocked out by by everybody knew it was going to happen, but before they got knocked out by the Chiefs. Last week, me and Bobby did a little breakdown of uh, of the AFC Championship game, so that is there for your listening pleasure if you want to go listen to it. But since Mike has been such an outspoken uh, advocate of Lamar Jackson failing in the uh, postseason, 
I did want to give you a little bit of the floor, Mike. And for the listeners, I just want you want to bring you in a little behind the scenes. This is our second time doing this podcast. <laughs> we did do this last night. It was a wonderful show. We solved basically every crisis around the world, but right. unfortunately, we were a little high, and well, I was a little high, and I can't really remember what we talked about, and we lost the recording. So here we are, and uh, and we have to do it again. But I don't mind because. I think that there's plenty of of juice in this squeeze left. Uh, it is Super Bowl week. It's football season still, technically. And there's a lot of things left to talk about. So just to make it fun for us, we're going to try to avoid uh, repeating some of the stuff we talked about last night. Trust me that it was the best show that's never aired. Ever. Um, ever. But uh, but I do one thing I did want to repeat, in, and, and uh, I want to just get on record, just kind of for the, the hallowed halls of the recordings of the Hall of Fame of this podcast. I want to hear you do your lap of honor again. And in, in the, I don't believe that Lamar Jackson can beat you from the pocket uh, camp that you've been the leader of the, the, the head of the mercenary group that is the anti Lamar Jackson heads on this podcast. So I think you do deserve, even though you're a week out and you couldn't make it last week, you know, that's nobody's fault. I think you deserve the, uh, the, the dais here. So please like take it away. Well, as I said uh, last night, nobody heard it. I really appreciate you you giving me my flowers here and allowing me to do this. I think that this game actually went and highlighted everything that I've been saying to you and to everyone else for the last three years. It's If you put Lamar Jackson in a situation where he has to beat you from the pocket, he can't. And I, I, I can't hit on this enough. If there was ever a year for him to shut me up, it was this year. Because it felt like the entire deck was was stacked in his favor. We had a down year from the Chiefs. Burrows out. That whole thing in Cleveland happened. His like team he, is the best it's ever been, you know. Right, and his offense is the best that it has been since he's been in the league. And I, I felt like it, in this game that the uh, that's uh, what is it is it uh, Spagnolio? Is that his name? Steve yeah, Spagnolo. Yeah, Spagnolo. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah. The, you you, you, from, uh, you Italianed it up a little bit. It was already Italian. Yeah. Enough. It was already like four smoked meats in a in a sandwich. And yeah, yeah that's sm- smoked meat right there at the end. That's the guinea in me, and I can say <laughs> that. So uh, I mean, I felt like he his game plan was dare him to throw. Right. Of right? course. Like just, that's what you do, though. Get, right. That's what you do. Right. And I mean, if you just look at the stat line, like he was he was like what like twenty of thirty seven, like two seventy something, and a touchdown, but an, an egregious pick. But what was so damning while watching this game is they gave him all of the lanes to run and he wouldn't do it. That's that's what the thing that confused me the most, I think, about the game where it's like dare him to throw. But but usually what happens with Lamar is like, yeah, obviously the game plan is to like make him beat you with his arm. Like that's really your only option. Like you have to go in there and be like, make him beat us from the pocket prevent him from like running. But like even if you put somebody on him, like even if you dedicate your fastest lateral linebacker to spying him for an entirety of a, of a football game, he's going to get cut up. Like it's, he's going to be able to run regardless. It was sort of the fact that he wouldn't is the thing that was right. like kind of kind of freaking me out. Like the closest thing I can relate personally to his performance is like, I've gotten into that quick sandwich playing Madden where it's like, you just won't run the ball. Like you're just, you feel like you have to make up ground, even though you probably have a lot more time than you think. And you just start to panic and you throw it on every single down. Like it was like a Madden, a, rook, a Madden rookie making mistakes in, in, yep. in his choices. And the thing is, is like, you can tell if you've been watching the game of football for as long as you and I have, if you've been participating in it, if you've been, you know, actively watching the, the best of the best I've seen, I mean, I'm going to sound like an old man now, but I feel like I've seen 
that probably probably more great quarterbacks in my lifetime than had come all the years of football before it, considering how the 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 the, the sport developed and and the quarterback position became important. You know, sorry to anybody like forty plus that's like screaming into their uh, into their stereos right now about like all the guys <laughs> they watch, but like I just do feel like we were in a glut with with the Mannings and Breezes and 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 Brady's of the world when we were kids, and I, I just think I can tell. I can tell a good throw before it hits its peak in the air. I I can tell if it's going to be a throw that is going to kill the defense. If it's going to be picked, if it's going to look like it's going to get picked, like you can really spot a duck and like, God, didn't I know when that ball left Lamar Jackson's hands and headed into nothing but Kansas city chiefs and also (laughs) one Raven who did get pass interfered with, but like, come on. Wouldn't have mattered. Um, It wouldn't have mattered anyway. Right. I mean, we talked about this yesterday, but but (laughs) you don't know that listener. Um, But like that ball came out of his hand and I was like, Oh my God, that's fucking getting picked. Not to mention that I like then looked in the end zone and saw like the, the Persian army from fucking 300 just coming over the hill. It was, there was more Kansas city chiefs in that fucking end zone than people at my last birthday party. But I just, I don't, I don't understand why he threw that pass. There was plenty of time left on the clock. And it, it, to me, it's the above the next stuff that, that showed in that game. Like, I don't think that he's not an arm talent. I've, I've always disagreed with that. When people said that it's like, he's a running back. He throws weird. He he doesn't center his hips. It's gonna it's gonna bite him in the ass. He's gonna throw picks because of it. I don't think that's what happened. He didn't nope. throw like on the run, like, oh shit, he shouldn't have thrown that back across his body. Oh shit, he shouldn't have like or he fumbled because of this. Like none of that happened. It was just dumb decisions from the pocket, underthrows, overthrows. Do you and think- his defense did what they like were supposed to do finally. Like, you know, we were talking about this recurring theme of like the defense keeps letting him down. That wasn't Lamar's fault. There was a bunch of losses a couple of years ago in the regular season. We, we even you agreed wasn't his fault when the defense is just getting scorched. And, and, and it was always late in the game. Right. It was always like later. That's not yep. what happened here. They came out and they kept in the second half. They were the best def- second half defense of the entire playoffs this year. They kept the Kansas City Chiefs and Pat Mahomes to zero points. All all Lamar had to do was score 10 and it felt like he panicked. And I think that's the thing that makes me edges me slightly towards your camp, which the tenants of your camp are are essentially I'm never going to watch that guy win a Super Bowl. Right. Like that's that's essentially what you're saying based on what you've seen him do. Or you you won't win a Super Bowl because of him. Because we've seen a, a bunch of quarterbacks that didn't deserve to be a Super Bowl champion. But he's not that, that kind of quarterback. Champions. If he wins the Agreed. Super Bowl, it's because of of him. If he wins so the I, Super Bowl because of someone, like that's just not going to happen. It's not. Can I ask you know a, saying right? It's like it's built around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that that was a lame thing for me to say. So let's just. No, it wasn't lame. Little, I just, I know, I just think like there's no was way. A racist recording be... too. <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't think it's lame. I think it's like. I don't see him ever being able to adapt to a system like Lamar is going to play how Lamar is going to play, I guess. It's just my guess. But I mean, maybe I'm under underwhelming. But you were going to ask me something. Yeah. Do you, so it 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 felt so egregious that he would not run out of the pocket or or even scramble. Odell Beckham was like asking him to apparently on the sidelines, too. He was like, why, why won't you run? <laughs> do, you, do you think that he was just trying to prove to his yeah, nation? That's what it looked like to me. That's what it looked like to me on the day. Yeah. Like since, since a good amount of time has passed, it seems like an eternity has passed since those games, because we have this like dumb, like pro bowl week. This is the worst pro bowl of all time, by the way. I don't know if you watched any of it, but like, they should just do away with that. It's like, 
why would you have it first of all why would you have it before the fucking super bowl i understand like nobody cares afterwards but like you can't bring the best guys because they're all going to the fucking super bowl so anyway whatever it doesn't matter it's a different podcast but the pro bowl is fucking terrible the skills competitions are ass the now I got so mad about the Pro Bowl, I forgot what I was gonna I was gonna say. Yeah, no, <laughs> enough time has passed because the stupid week in between the fucking playoffs and the Super Bowl. They should just do it the following week, but whatever. That I thought I was gonna talk myself into that being a ridiculous take. Like I watched it on the day and I was like, he's it seems like he's trying to he's seeing his name in lights. Like he's trying to be the fucking hero here. He's trying to make like a huge play. And it's like, bro, this is the NFL. Like you gotta just win the game however you can because the best right the best guys to ever do it have been able to not do it, have been put in, in positions where they're like, no matter how good a throws they make, they can't win the game. So don't do that. Just, just win the game. Like, you know how to win this game. You know how to move the ball. Like, why are you doing this? Yeah. That is what it felt like to me at the, at the time. I didn't really want to say it out loud because I can't believe anybody could be that fucking stupid at this level of their job. You know, like, at- yeah, I don't, I mean, that's it's stupidity by sheer ignorance, right? It's, it's, he where's knows his coach he, in that scenario though like where's his coach in that scenario like his, dude, his coach in, in that scenario is asking him what he would like to do in the next series which i think in this day and age you uh the coaches have to be more uh player focused and they, they can't be like the, the, the old belichicks and parcells but if you listen to all the mic'd up stuff from from harbaugh and lamar harbaugh is never never comes down on him always asks like what did you see there what do you want to do so like lamar thought like as he should, he's earned the right to to decide if this team is going to live or die by him. But man, what a bad fucking choice he made, right? Yeah, like, yeah, it was bad. All he had to do was what brought him to the fucking day. It was almost worse that he made that play to Zay Flowers late. That Zay Flowers caught the uh, that he caught the uh, uh, taunting penalty on. It was almost oh. worse that he made that play because he like made that throw, and it was a great catch. And it was like, oh, now he's now it's like, well, look, there's evidence that I can like make these plays. And it's like, but you don't have to like the defense is literally keeping them. It's like he was watching. It, he gave me the vibe of somebody who watches Skip Bayless talk about him on on Monday. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, that's what he gave me the vibe of. And it's like, dude, you can't pay attention to that stuff. Like he it, like, I guess what I'm trying to say is it was like he was trying to affect the narrative by affecting the narrative instead of affecting the game. Does that make sense? Right. Like it's like yeah, he, wholeheartedly. Was playing, he was playing against all the demons instead of just the football team that was put in front of him. And the Kansas City Chiefs yeah. were there to be beat. They were just there to be beat that game. And if anyone yeah. was going to beat them, I think it was going to be the Ravens, to be honest with you, which will come out. It should have been. It should have been. It should have been. Like he was trying, he was trying to beat the critics and not the Chiefs. That's I just knew, it. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's the perfect way to put it. That's it's it's he got you saw the fucking haunted souls of the ghost army of of media pundits and talking heads just emerge on the other side of the field and they came for him. It's like that scene in Waterboy where he just sees like 50 Henry Winklers singing to him. Uh, water sucks. It really, really sucks. And he's just like, he's having a meltdown, but like, unfortunately you can't do that. Like, you know, people in my business, when we're out making commercials and somebody makes a dumb mistake, we refer to ourselves because we're in Los Angeles and we're doing big national commercials. We're like, dude, this is the NFL of, of this thing. You can't, you can't fuck up like that. Like this is the highest level that you can get to in this, in this, uh, part of the business. And, when you have when you're literally in the thing that's become synonymous with elite and good decision making and no room for error and like 
and and scope and size and and like that's what you do to make to in the lexicon have somebody immediately know what you're talking about when you say that when you're actually in the thing you can't start believing that you're bigger than the thing because the the, right. the NFL will eat you like it will eat because yeah. it'll eat anybody you got to respect the beast you know what I mean and I just don't think that he did that coming into that game like I think he was like Lamar Jackson is this big so. I can be bigger than the spectacle. I can be bigger than the occasion. I can be bigger than the sport. That is what the vibe he gave me. I mean, there's no way to know. You know, there's no way to know that he did that. But based on purely on his performance, I can't read his intent. But yeah, but that's what it looked like to answer your question. That is what it fucking looked like. Sounds like it looked like that to you too. Uh, yeah, a I mean, a hundred percent. It was almost to me like, uh, and I don't mean this. Uh, just don't take this the wrong way. Anyone that's listening. It's almost like he thought that he was the constant in this game. When in reality he was playing against the constant, this is his right. like his first time there. Right, and he's acting like he can he can win the game however he decides to. When in reality it should always be about dethroning Mahomes, and he just lost sight of that. It's interesting too because it's like you, you know, speculatively, you kind of want an athlete to have a certain degree of that attitude, right? Like you want an athlete to to be able to call upon a supreme level of confidence in order to uh in order to not panic and see his way through a game but it's almost like he took it too far because you're right there there has to be respect for the fact that you're playing the the kansas city chiefs who you know we talked about last night no one's gonna know (laughs) but we talked about last night how like everybody's mad at the chiefs now and the fan bases have sort of like turned on the chiefs now because there was no time in between them and the patriots so the way you should think about the Chiefs when you see them in the play, in the Patriots in the playoffs is the way you should have thought about the Patriots when you saw them in the playoffs, you know, for the last 20 years. It's yep. or plus now at this point. But like it's you gotta respect what they're gonna do. You're there to beat them. They're your biggest hurdle. You gotta you gotta just look at the team in front of you. You gotta play the cards you're dealt. You know, like any sort of idiom that you can think of. It's like I can't. You you can't get past the Kansas City Chiefs if you make a mistake like that. You're just even the worst iteration of the Kansas City Chiefs. If you make a mistake like that, then like in that like in your thinking, then that's what's going to end up happening to you. They're going to fucking beat you because that's what they do. Yep. They win football games. It doesn't it doesn't have to be with, with now that we've seen multiple iterations and this should be a good transition I think. Now that we've seen multiple iterations of the Kansas City Chiefs. We realize now that they are that thing. They, they are that plug and play team that the Patriots were for 20 years. Yeah. Tyreek Hill lives. I, I mean, yeah. Would they still be a better team? Had he not absconded to Miami? Um, of course, but yeah. the fact that he can leave and they can win and then he can leave and they can go back to a Super Bowl is very impressive. Like <laughs> quite, quite frankly, um, Andy Reed, I think is the best coach in the Super Bowl right now, which may blaspheme to, you know, the people that are advanced analytics, Kyle Shanahan, offense guru, like play calling this, this vaunted coaching tree that has one Super Bowl. I would just like to point out, like everybody S is the D of this coaching tree. And of all the, the, the acolytes of it, only McVay has come away with a championship. And I would call that a soft year for winning Super Bowls, to be 100% honest with you, as far as like, I mean, that defensive line is what won that, is what won that game, right? Like Joe, the, the combination of Joe Burrows, the men in front of Joe Burrow being made of paper mache and the defensive line of uh, of the LA Rams being very, very good. So 
I'm just concerned based on that fact that like it's there's a bit of a hype train about the the Shanahan economics of it all. And Andy Reid just like knows how to win big games and he's just going to go in there and win that big game. Um, It's the Andy Reid, but it's also the Patrick Mahomes of it all. I don't like Brock Purdy slander. We've we've discussed in the past that like Brock Purdy, I think even if he doesn't win on Sunday, should have apt uh carte blanche from all the people that were talking shit about him for the entire playoffs as he beat all your favorite quarterbacks to get here um, i don't I feel attacked <laughs> i don't uh is it jordan love is that is he your favorite quarterback now um but uh but i think i sure just like praying for fucking jordan love to be good i can feel it um <laughs> you just think it would be so funny if i had to witness th- that three times um i wonder I will come on to talk about Brock Purdy and why it's we, we he shouldn't be slandered anymore. I wonder, like, is the smart money Mike just putting money on the best quarterback in the NFL to win the Super Bowl when he's in the Super Bowl? Like, well, you, if you had a bet on Tom Brady every single time he went to a Super Bowl, you would have come out winning money. You know, like if yeah. you just go, if you just go and you like, yeah, well, a couple of years you might have lost, but if you net it, if you dollar cost average it over the course of his career, you, you, he made you money if you bet on him every single time he went to the Super Bowl. There's a chance that if Patrick Mahomes loses, he's lost you money at this point because he's won two, lost two, right? So he, he, yeah. he puts himself on either side of the, of the litmus now at this point. So that being on the line for a guy like Pat Mahomes. I don't see him losing. I just, it's, I know it's very narrative based and I know it's like, it's not statistics and it's not like real stuff. I think that the skill players for the 49ers are a lot better, but I don't see him losing this game. Just legacy wise. It just doesn't compute in my head. I I think that he has to do far more for them to lose this game than he does for them to have to win it. Right. Because if, in my opinion, like if the if the Chiefs lose this game, it's going to be because the defense couldn't keep up with the San Francisco offense. Yeah, of course, of course. It won't, and, it, it and you'll won't know in the first of, quarter. You'll know in the first right. quarter whether or not that's going to happen. Yeah, uh, if yeah. they're breaking, if, if McCaffrey or Debo or, or Ayuk are breaking big runs to the side, then the game's pretty much over. I know because the the, chief, the Chiefs need to. This keep could this be in a bad Super Bowl, folks. This actually could be genuinely <laughs> a bad Super Bowl in, in the sense that it could be like it could be 14 to three for like a long time, like in the, in the favor of the, in favor of the 49ers. You know what I mean? Like if they come out early, it's really all about what happens in the first few drives because this 49ers team is a wagon, but there's so momentum based. That's what you're saying, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, well also uh, it's, it's, it's lateral, like, like to your point, right? Like th- this team, the 49ers team this year, they don't win games in the middle of the field. They win on, on the edges. Right. And, like how if the Chiefs, Chiefs used to, and now they go right up the middle. Right. They <laughs> score, they now they just go. Now they have the old Patriots cheat code. They have the tight end scene. Just just toss it to Kelsey. Yeah, and he'll for somehow he'll, he's still open. He's I the only good, viable receiver. A great prop. Open. A great prop is Kelsey hundred plus yards receiving. I think the over under on his receiving is like seventy two. You take the over on that all day right now. Yeah, and uh, Rice two plus receptions for 10 plus yards. I would take that prop right now. Like that's yeah, 100%. to me, it's like, because it's the only way they're going to win. So if they, if that doesn't play out, then you're watching a beat down anyway. <laughs> so you're right. just like, Oh, well, whatever. You know, it's like, I just bet on the chiefs to win. It's not a bad bet. If they're going to win, this is how they're going to win. Right. So I think I could see it though. They've really, no one's figured them out yet in the postseason, and they look very different in the postseason than they have it than they did in the regular season. Right. 
Right. It's like, oh, oh, Kelsey is having a down year. He's old. He can't do anymore. Oh, two playoff games. He has 21 catches for 260 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. Simmons that's, kept that's saying it. Simmons kept saying he's saving it. <laughs> Simmons kept kept saying he was like, he's saving it. He, he knows like what the big games are. He knows like when it's like veteran tight ending, you know, because it's like it's a physical position. I really do think you have to like manage your way through those games if you're Travis Kelsey. And like I really think he saw a season in front of him where he was like, Oh my God, I'm the only fucking guy that can catch a ball. Like I'm just going to get beat up all fucking season. I think he probably said something. I think he was probably like, I don't really want to be out there getting fucking killed because he can't throw the ball to anyone else. Like I'm not going to make it to the playoffs then. And I want to win another Super Bowl. So I like, I can see him being smart. What's your opinion on those guys just in general? Like, I, I'm just curious to hear. I feel like I've I stated mine last night, and after the show, I realized I didn't really take a breath to hear where you stand <laughs> on the Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, Taylor Swift, Patrick Mahomes' wife, like the cuts to the, the thing. Like, where where do you stand on it? I'm just curious because, like, I don't really give a shit about like the Taylor Swift of it all. Like, I just want to see the football game. But like, well, I'm curious where. Like, does it annoy you? Do does do Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes annoy you for a separate reason? I thought it was fucking shitty that they were bullying a kicker but like other than that i'm like eh, whatever i know he's got a kermit the frog voice but like but where where are you on them i've tried i've searched i can't hate Mahomes. i just can't find anything on him now yeah his brother is is an idiot sure his dad we know what his dad's going through right now with the uh, dui i I, did you watch that show the uh, quarterbacks on netflix last year i did he was the best part of it it was like the only interesting part of of the show I find it hard to hate his wife because it wasn't like she latched onto him in college or in the pros. Like they've been dating since they were like 15. Right. Sure, like, I just, I just don't care who they pan to in, in, in the fucking crowd like, during, during a yeah, game. Like I don't either. They're, they're not asking for it. Now it benefits Brittany Mahomes far more than it benefits fucking Taylor Swift. Right. Oh, yeah, she doesn't. But, the thing no, is, like, yeah, like you, like you said, I mean, it's, you, this was last night, so you'll never know if this is true or not, but, uh, <laughs> Like you said, you know, it doesn't the, the merger between the Taylor Swifts and the NFL, like these two, the two giantest brands in America, the merger between the two of them is not a huge upside for Taylor Swift. Like no. this isn't not making NFL fans like listen to Taylor Swift. It doesn't it doesn't work like that. But I right. bet a lot of T-Swift fans are like and, you know, I don't think there's a huge problem with this. Like they're like, oh, look, like a door to access a thing that I really wasn't ever given a door to access before for whatever reason, or like, I didn't, you know, take the opportunity at a certain age, or I didn't like get invested in it with people in my family that are invested in it. Like, I think obviously the overwhelming majority of sports fans are men. That isn't to say that there aren't women that are involved as much, if not more so with their teams. But like, I don't know if you, if it means that your like girlfriend is enjoying the game, like I don't, who gives a shit. Right. (laughs) yeah let, let people enjoy yeah. things i guess yeah i mean i, I listen uh, the the stats came out uh her involvement or just her being at stadiums this year has generated 331 million dollars in revenue that's a lot NFL. of million dollars that's a lot of millions <laughs> that's and more for, millions than i've ever seen right and that's and and, and for a, a a company like the nfl that's trying to uh to get to 25 billion dollars in revenue per year like that's that that's sincerely going to help but uh I, I but it is a bit of a drop tra- in the bucket if you think about it. Like, I don't think if they're trying to get to twenty five B, then like three, three, three what'd you say, three twenty one, three hundred twenty one million. Yeah, yeah, three twenty one million. That's nothing. 
right? And you're trying to get to 25B. I mean, it's not enough for them to affect the outcome of games in her favor. I'll tell you that much. It's not enough of a percentage. It doesn't add. Up, it doesn't add up to me. Right, and I, I, I like, uh, I like Travis Kelsey and, and and his brother's podcast. I like his brother far more than I than I like, I like him too. Yeah. The parallels between what what we're seeing in Kansas City right now, and you know, as as a Patriot fan, is it's it's just too hard to ignore. At it this is point. pretty. Like, it's pretty like much the playbook. Yeah. Yeah, and you just don't let them in the playoffs, man. Like because if you if they get in at nine and eight. You can guarantee they're going to be in the AFC title game as long as Mahomes yeah. is healthy. Yeah, and they're probably going to win it. <laughs> <For being honest. laughs> I, uh, I, you know, we're going to reset and we're going to do this thing again next year where, like, basically the cycle that we've been in, if you remember, two seasons ago when we first, me and Bobby first started doing the Power Rankings podcast, he spent the whole season being like, the Chiefs are not it this year, bro. And I was like, yeah, they are, Bobby. I was like, the whole year, I was like, dude. I was like, he's got weapons. He's sick. He's the best guy. Travis Kelsey's having a career year. Their defense is, is pretty legit. Andy Reid's going to win it again. It's He's already gotten the bear off his back. And we spent the whole season doing that, and I turned out to be right. Then this year, I even pivoted because Bobby just started doing the same shit. He was like, nope, not this year, man. And it's like, you know what it sounds like? And I didn't realize it until this moment. It sounds like my inner monologue every time the Patriots were <laughs> – on their way to winning another Super Bowl because like you look at 2018 I was like I was at that point fully indoctrinated to the point where I was like I don't know dude don't sleep on him like I'm not gonna write right. him off by 2018 I was not gonna get caught with my pants down over the Patriots again because there had already been too many seasons at that point where I was like not this year bro not fucking this year dude no fucking way they didn't you know they they got rid of this guy and they didn't have this and bang Super Bowl it happened too many times you know so I stopped I learned to stop doubting them for my own credibility. And I think that's pretty much where I'm at with the chiefs. Like I'm not going to bet against, I have, I have a real raging boner to try to bet on the 49ers for this weekend. I really like, there's some evil part of me that lives in my brain. That's going like, come on, it's the 49ers. They're going to go, they're going to look great. They're going to be in all red. It's they're They're a super bowl winning franchise. Brock Purdy, all the slander. He's the guy He's going to get it done. I don't see it. But what is Kyle Shanahan done? to make you think that he's worth putting your money into him. The thing is, is that if it was regular season, Kyle Shanahan and the way I watched him scheme in the regular season, happily, happily, I would, I would bet on him being able to figure this out, basically being able to like, just move pieces around. So whatever happens with Patrick Mahomes, because this is how you have to beat a team like this, this vault, this vaulted team that we're talking about with it, with a Tom Brady or Pat Mahomes under center, the way to beat them is twofold. You're, you either have to do one or both of these and you need a little bit of luck. You got to keep them off the field. And you got to be able to score at will so that you can win a shootout, depending on the clock, right? So yep. if you can do both, great. You know, if you can if you can manage the clock and score when when it's the right time, amazing. But if you can just score every fucking single time and they're big plays and you get off the field right away, great. But what you can't do is you can't let him play his game. And I think that the thing that I've seen from Shanahan in the postseason is he's starting to, I don't know, maybe Lamar Jackson it a little bit. Like the narrative's getting to him a little bit. Like he's the guru. He has to do this and this. And my worry is that he's going to make bad decisions on the defensive side of the ball because he he prioritizes offense so much. And you can't make mistakes against Pat Mahomes and expect to win a game. You just can't. He's going to capitalize right. on it. So, I, you know, I'm just worried because they came out and made mistakes in early in the game in both of their playoff games. And I just yeah. think if you do that against the Kansas City Chiefs, Pat Mahomes, Andy Reid, I just don't see you coming back. 
like the Lions, and this is a good opportunity to talk about the the NFC um, championship game, just to hear your thoughts on it, if you have any that you wanted to get off your chest. But the problem is, I think the Lions lost that game more than the 49ers won it. And I think that, yeah, yeah, they had to go score the points, but the Lions really made bad decisions with the aggression laid on. There was a a way to win that game, and there would have been, coming out of halftime, there was a way to win that game, and there would have been nothing that the 49ers could do about it. But when you give them the opportunity, they took it, which granted, I'll give them credit for that. And a lot of people call them front runners this year. And they, you know, they, they sort of proved that wrong, but man, if there was anybody that was going to cough up a game in exactly the manner that they coughed it up, it was going to be Dan Campbell again, believing his own bullshit and not just like, dude, yeah, we get it. You're aggressive. No one's going to say that you're not aggressive. If you just manage your way through the rest of this, this game and, and just win out the second half, because if they had six more points on the board, you know, if they just had six more points on the board when that when two field goals, when that comeback starts happening, it's it's so out of their reach that it doesn't get in their head, I think. So yeah. and that's because that's a huge six points. So, yeah, I mean, there was some bad luck. But for me, he's got to learn a lesson from that. You know, to not be able to be malleable, I think, is a, is a bad uh, quality. And Coach Shanahan, you know, to your question earlier, I think he's very malleable. It's one of the one of his better qualities. I hope he doesn't lose that coming into like the biggest game of his life. Cause I think you and I agree that he might be a little bit of a piss artist when it comes to like keeping his bottle and like not fucking, you know, like not a guy, I not my first choice for like Foxhole company, Kyle Shanahan. But here's what, right but here's what I would say to you, to you saying that he's malleable and he changes. He didn't change when uh, he was up 28 to three and that, and that comeback started happening. I agree, but I think I agree, but I think that what I I don't necessarily mean that his philosophy changes. I do agree that the West coast, like the the zone offense is going to stay, but I think that he will be like, okay, Debo is a little hurt. It's not happening for him today. Or like CMC, I I've, I've overran him. I got to do something over here. He has a lot of places, a lot of bases to round on his offense and he does spread the ball out really really well so maybe maybe not in the sense that i should i shouldn't have said that he was malleable in the way of he he won't change his coaching philosophy but i no, do no, i don't i don't the, i don't even mean scheme i mean play calling though like if you j- just look at the 28 to 3 game and then i'll, I'll but it I'll, worked I'll in the 28 the... it worked in the 28 to 3 game like he didn't need to be malleable in that it worked he won matt matt ryan dropped back oh you oh you mean oh, i'm sorry you mean that uh, you don't mean the the uh Falcons come or you mean the Falcons come back not the Lions come back you're talking about yeah yeah got it it. yeah in in the Super Bowl against the Patriots Matt Ryan dropped back to pass 64 percent of the time in the second half on their ups 20 to 3 yeah that was run the fucking ball not a good idea yeah that was not a good idea (laughs) no that was and and game manager Jimmy when it was the Niners and the Chiefs four years ago they're up what seven was it 17 to to seven or something like that in, in the second half and they're still throwing stop throwing the ball I think his thinking on that, I agree with you. I think his thinking on that a lot of the time, especially, I think it's a little different. I think it's very different than that Atlanta Falcons team, just based on the personnel. And I think that they do run a little bit of a different offense. I think it's like kind of evolved. But I think his thinking is like the the a, a less than four-yard toss is is as good as a run. Like, I think that's his thinking because of his percentages. Like, the, the completion percentages that they have under 10 yards Number one in the NFL by a large margin, right? And I think that what that says to me is like he thinks he thinks he's moving the clock, right? Like that because that's what you're asking for with the run, right? Is is yeah, you, you got to move the ball and move the clock. I think he thinks he's moving the clock, and I think what 
I think what's ha- what happened with Matt Ryan, to be honest, is I think Matt Ryan fucking bottled that. Like, I think he was he was if you if you rewatch that game and I watched it very recently, the whole thing, he's looking off checkdowns like he's looking them off. He's throwing really dumb fucking passes. Like, I don't know if you can blame Kyle Shanahan for that. Like, I don't mean to position myself because I was actually said I set out to criticize Kyle Shanahan here, but I don't mean to position <laughs> myself as like the defender of Kyle Shanahan. I'm just saying that those things are strengths of his like. I like I like it when he's moving the ball with check down passes and he's getting big yardage plays by a two yard throw to Debo Samuel like the blocking schemes are his idea and you can see the advanced the advanced thinking in the blocking schemes when he runs those plays like those are well drawn up plays that do keep the clock moving most of the time and you can't teach your offense to just become a power down offense like you can't be like all right Christian like cover up the ball, get us two and a half yards every time you're yeah. on, like straight no. up the middle. It's not going to work. I'm with you there. But like, let's go to the, uh, the Super Bowl four years ago when they're up 20 to 10 at the end of the third, right? At at that point in time, and he is very analytics driven. The The amount of negative outcomes that, come, that, could, that could potentially come from a pass, there are three of them, right? There's an interception, there is a, a fumble, and obviously there is a an incomplete pass, which, which all either stop the clock or give the other team possession. When you run the ball, there's only one negative outcome. The fumble. Right? Only one possible. That's it. That's it. The clock will continue to run. And there is a difference between playing scared and playing smart. If Because the one thing that analytics never, ever, ever takes into consideration is momentum. It's that human element, which is what we saw. This whole like momentum, the this whole momentum that doesn't exist thing is crazy to me. That this like new school of thinking. I've heard I've heard this a lot lately by the analytics guys. It's like there's just because there's no way to quantify something like that uh, doesn't mean I'm not seeing what I'm seeing. Like I right. I've been watching this thing for too long. Like you can't just turn around and tell me that momentum is not a thing. It is. In fact, I would argue it's a thing in every single sport, and no more so than football like no more so is momentum a a a a fickle beast of which you have to entwine yourself um than than the national football league i i really truly believe that it's 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 the thing you have to ride to success it's it's the punch him in the mouth strategy is momentum based the clock management is momentum based um game management is momentum based like all this stuff is about not letting the game slip away from you because it becomes a thing where there's nothing you can do after a second if the momentum goes against you, right? I mean, that's what yeah. we saw in that Lions game. Yep, 100%. Like, and Campbell gave the momentum back with that fourth down call, which he didn't need to make where he was up. However fucking much they were up, he was up by that, his widest margin of the game coming out. And, Three scores. The and, he, and he made that fourth down call. And it's like, dude, just punt it. Just punt it. You just punt it and that doesn't happen. If he punts it right then, I don't think they lose that game. Or just kick the field goal, take the points. Yeah, I don't think right, there was like, a range for that first fourth down call. I think he had to punt, which I think made it way more likely that he was going to go for it. Yeah, I wasn't that. I thought that was fourth and three on the thirty-five. So fourth, like, and, I, fourth and three, but it seemed like it was punt. I was a fourth and three, but it doesn't matter either way. Just yeah, call, but, call your special teams up, please. But to your but to your earlier point about how he's like we all we're all aware of his aggression. I think yes, he is aggressive, but I think that the reason why we're not hearing any blowback from uh, from any Lions fans or any people in the Lions organization is because that organization has a 21 person data analytics team, and I bet they were just telling him to do what he did. Like it, it just makes well, it's you, you have better odds at picking up. Yeah, but yes, I agree. But he's also like he's he's perpetrated <laughs> the myth of like no, it's me. Yes. I'm the aggressive caller, like. 
He's not, yep. and I get it. I mean, as a coach, you should take responsibility. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but like, you have to live and die by your own myth now. Like you, you're, you're Billy the kid now, you know, for, for better or for worse. Like you're out there making sure that you're the lightning rod for blame. Well, then, you know, you got to be the lightning rod for blame. You know, like that's just the way it works. So 100%. get his fucking 21 man analytics team. It's his fucking fault. They went for it on fourth and three. I mean, at the end of the day, he's the man who makes the calls, right? He's the, he's the sausage yeah. maker. He's Abe Froman, the sausage king of Chicago. So I think, yeah, look, I think we've talked about the conference championship games and the kind of the, the medal of the teams coming in. And I've obviously alluded to the fact that I think that it's a dumb bet to bet against Patrick Mahomes in a championship game of any caliber uh, conference or, or world. But how do you think this game's going to shape out? What, what would be your uh, what would be your Nostradamus sort of perspective on on how come even a couple scenarios on how you think this game might might play out on Sunday? So. I think that the first quarter is going to be uh, San Francisco scoring 10 points. Interesting. And I wouldn't be shocked if, if Kansas City doesn't score any. Uh, That's interesting. But I, think that, I feel like if that happens, then San Francisco wins. But you don't think that? No, I, I because I, I think that one of the coaches and one of the coaching staffs are, are, that, that's going to be on the field actually makes in-game adjustments better than the other. And I would tr- I, I, I trust the Chiefs to adjust to it. I think and, I think Mahomes also makes better adjustments <laughs> down by down, yeah. but that's just because yep. he's more experienced. I mean, that's not fair, right? And he's Patrick Mahomes, right? I mean, Purdy's played two years and he's been in two conference championships. No, Brock, no Brock Purdy, no Brock Purdy slander coming from me. I've always, I've right. always, liked him. I, and he makes. You know, we talked about this last night. He makes big boy throws. Like you can call him a game manager all you want. I'll pull up ten fucking absolute behemoth boy fucking throws like that he's made that not every quarterback in the NFL can make. And if you're calling him a game manager, quite frankly, I think you heard someone on ESPN say that, and now that's your opinion. Or and I just, yeah, or yeah, but that's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? It's like these. I think that like, and you, you and I have fallen privy to the, we're fallen prey to this. I should say. Um, over the course of trying to mold like a sports takes show. I, I don't blame talking heads on, on ESPN for this because it is very easy to fall into the trap of like, I'm just going to take the other side of this coin and I'll argue it because it's just going to create more like content. I We don't do that as much anymore because I think we found that like the shows are more organic and they're just better when we just say what we really think. And if we agree, it's not like such a big deal. Um, it I almost wish... blew, blew up the podcast, but yeah, I think what you're saying is true. It never blew up. It never almost blew up the podcast. <laughs> I would have been here. No problem. Everything. I only have a, I only have a 10 minute anger span. Once like 10 minutes pass, I'm, I'm usually over like 99% of things. I don't, I can't, I can't hold grudges. I don't have the memory for it, but I think, yes, there was a lot of conflict, but it's like, that's what we were trying to do. Right. It was like, we were trying to do like a sports show, like how we had seen sports shows be. But realistically, you're better off just watching the games and telling us what you think about the games. And I think we've kind of settled into that nice cushion now. And we're once you do that, just overwhelmingly on this podcast, everyone's sort of just like, I like Brock Purdy. <laughs> I don't understand. Like, it's such an easy take is what I'm saying to be like, he's a game manager, like this, this, and this, and this. It's so Can, I, can I ask the question that I asked yeah. last night? But I... Yeah. I hope I answered it last night. <laughs> If Brock Purdy was picked number 15 in the draft instead of the last pick of the draft, do you think I agree. That he'd be catching all this heat? I agree. I think that like people do put a put a ton of a ton of pressure on their own perspectives for the NFL draft. Like I think I think that people deep down they want Andrew Luck to be the best quarterback in the NFL. They don't want Tom Brady to be the best quarterback in the NFL because it it also sort of like it it pokes 
holes in the institution that is like draft analytics, like obviously this stuff is going to happen, right? Where like a, a, an, an abnormality is going to come into the NFL and like none of the systems that you have in place is going to be able to tell you, but it's, it's a little bit like polling in politics. Like when Trump won that first time, like he was projected to get smoked uh, in, in the early polls, you remember? And then like those polls yeah. turned out to be super wrong. Like not just a little wrong, like very, very wrong. And it, a lot of it was based on like, oh, you know, the way that people feel about saying they were going to vote for Trump or like whatever it is, like all these different things that came into it, it, it pokes huge holes in the institution that is polling, right? Yep. So as a draft, draft analytics is big business. Like Mel Kuyper is, a, is, a, is, a, is an institution, you know? And like him being wrong on the level of a guy getting drafted 199th overall and then being the greatest quarterback to ever live, like you can't imagine a catastrophe like from the perspective, like that from the perspective of people that, say who's going to be good from college for a living, right? So what do you do? You sort of prime the public consciousness to say that the institution is the thing that you should listen to. The the college game days, the because you don't want to feel like you're wasting your time listening to those people talk, because you're not. They are yeah. experts in their field. They are genuine experts. And, ju- and, a, and an outlier and an anomaly in somebody's analytics or their career does not a career make, right? Because they are fucking right most of the time is the thing. But just the other day, for instance, you sent me an article, which I read all of, which I found very interesting from Barstool, <laughs> our, our enemy podcast, uh, where where you were like, the, the guy was essentially like, one dude thinks that Caleb Williams is going to suck. And it's because of what's going on in his noggin. But here's the guy's credentials. And the guy did have like a decent resume as like a former scout in the NFL. And the things he was saying about Caleb Williams, like from like as written, seemed pretty convincing. But the other side of it being... The guy who wrote the article is like, maybe they'll drop to the Patriots. Like he's still in on Caleb Williams by the end of his own article. You know, he's like, maybe he'll drop to the Patriots now. So I just think there's always going to be dissenting voices. There's always going to be abnormalities. Does that mean that that the systems that we use to like analyze players coming out of coming out of college are wrong? No. But in saying that, I think it definitely does influence people's opinions of, of certain draft picks. I think that they view you as lesser than if you get drafted later, because you probably are is the thing. Like you probably fucking are like if, well, they definitely bury your success, right? It, it, because they'll say, yeah, you gotta the be reason that you're suc- yeah. you, the only reason that you're success, you're successful is because of the team that you're on, because you're such a high pick. If you were so good, you would have been drafted by a shittier team and you would, it would have been taken sooner. Right. Like, so, something like, is going to reveal itself. Something's right. going to reveal itself that like is going to show us that we were right about you all along, right? <laughs> and and I think that that is it's a little get off my yard of people as well because it's yeah. like why don't you want more good QBs in the fucking NFL, dude? There's so many shitty ones right now, like fucking Kirk Cousins is putting up generational regular season numbers. Like get out of here with that, he sucks. Like let's let's fucking see the generation of like I I want to see at least one more. I would be so happy to see at least one more golden generation of quarterbacks like we saw in our lifetimes when Brady Manning breeze and, uh, and I guess Ben and another rotating cast of, you know, Philip rivers, like those guys, they were so great, you know, like they really could get things done at the quarterback position. You and might I have guess, that now though. Like we, we might think, have it. I mean, I know you think it, there's more talent across the league, but like, you don't see guys like you really don't see guys like Ben Roethlisberger winning Super Bowls. Like, where's that guy? Like Josh Allen is his most apt comparison at this point. And it's like, where, like, where's his, Where's his run? Because we put so much pressure on the quarterback position now, 
you can't have Josh Allen be Ben Roethlisberger. It has to be live or die by Josh Allen. You can't just put a great team around him and have him like go win your Super Bowl by not fucking anything up like like Ben did and making a couple great plays like Ben did. But he wasn't Super Bowl yep. MVP either, time, right? But like we were talking about Lamar earlier, if the Bills are going to win a Super Bowl, fucking Josh Allen has to be the Super Bowl MVP. Otherwise, they're not winning that game because of the way that it's yep. currently constituted in this league, right? And like that seems unfair on the position, you know? Yeah, wholeheartedly. But if you look at uh, like the comparison of Brady. Manning, Breeze, Rivers, right? And if that's if that's who you want it to be. Sure. I mean, Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, and Jackson, it all all it's gonna take is for Burrow to get one and either Lamar or Josh to get one. And someone else could come up and like that that's that's they're all pretty young still. They all they all are pretty young still. Super young. Yeah, they are. They are. I hope it is. I hope it is another golden generation of QBs because I think it's it makes the game more fun to watch the QB battles because we're in a position this year essentially that if Mahomes goes on to win. It's like, yeah, of course he did. Of course he did. There was no other. But he league. shouldn't have. He shouldn't have. Like, they should have just been better. Like, do you remember? Did you ever see The Princess Bride? Uh, no. You should watch that movie. I think really, was, really was Andre the Giant in that one? Yes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Then I think I've seen it once, yeah. Okay, so in The Princess Bride, like, the man in black, when we first meet him, he fights Inigo Montoya, who, like, has spent his life training in the sword. Right. Until and he's never met anyone that can beat him until he meets this guy. It's like, I want the man in black. I want the Joe Burrows of the world to come and duel at dawn, Patrick Mahomes, because that's fucking compelling television. <laughs> like That's yeah. just what that is. Like what's what I think I've gotten a lot of, which I'm, I fear this is maybe the theme of this season, not to put a damper on anything, but I fear we're going to go into this uh, Super Bowl and the theme of the season is going to emerge. And I'm going to say, oh, yeah, the, I knew exactly what was going to happen as the game started to play out. And that's what happened. Of course, Pat Mahomes is going to go in and fucking just win that game on Sunday. Of course he is. And it's going to be kind of lame. It's not going to feel great. It's not going to be pistols at dawn. It's going to be breakfast later in the morning. (laughs) And it's just good. And like, that's my fear. You know, that's the thing that's like, it's scaring me, I guess, a little bit. What do you think? Is there any way that this is a fucking duel? Is Can Brock Purdy, as much as we like him, can he step up? Oh no! <laughs> are you are you asking me if, if if this game could could potentially be thirty three thirty to finish? Yes, I'm not but... trying to put you in a position where you're saying Brock Purdy can beat Pat Mahomes in the Super Bowl. I'm not trying to back you into that corner. I'm saying, is he a good enough quarterback to make this a compelling game? Because I really do think that yes. you're right when it comes down to the the fact that how San Francisco moves the ball against Kansas City defense is what's going to matter because Mahomes is going to do what Mahomes is going to do, which essentially means. Purdy is the X factor here. Like he's the guy that makes the game go one way or the other, right? Because we know how Mahomes is going to play. We just do. So that's, you know, the San Francisco defense is going to have to do a lot. I'll say this zero points in the second half against, against Baltimore, zero points in the second half. Is there, can you do something with that Uh, from a 49ers defense perspective? You're a top, what, what would you say? Top five defense, top three defense this season. In the regular season, but but in the postseason, they've been a fucking sieve. I mean, Jordan Love cut him up, Jared Goff cut him up. I mean, they should have been they they should not be here either. Like if the Lions didn't line themselves, you're right. But it was very flawed. It was a very flawed uh, group of teams. Every team. I think I think the defensive line of of the 49ers is the best part of that. uh, The best part of that unit. But I don't think you can really pressure Mahomes though. Like I don't think he's like pressurable. If but if Joe Tooney doesn't play and it doesn't look like he's going to, then I think that I, I I think that that's like that's their only shot. If because a Travis Kelsey isn't a good blocker, 
And if you make him they have never, to be they more, they never make him block. Well, if they if if they have to because Mahomes is getting killed, they they, they might have to start start having him chip. And if he does, I listen. That's the only scenario. Is if in the first quarter you see Mahomes get but then sacked what, twice, he's, he's what he's put he's getting put up against who Bosa. He's going to get killed. Killed. He'll get murdered trying to block Bosa. I, I don't know. You're right. Who, that is that's the X factor on the other side of things. But I, I don't know. I feel like that Kansas City O line is like really found its 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 trench. You know, like they've been able to really dig in. Bosa's like, oh, they hold a lot. I'm like, every every offensive line holds a lot. Yeah. I don't Come think on. it's. I'm like, dude, the offensive line gets nothing. Like they get the, every every piece of like every rule goes in the favor of the defense every single fucking time when it comes to like just the line battle it's like yeah you gotta keep your hands inside you gotta keep the don't touch the over here like don't be born on a full moon or otherwise it's holding and it's like holding happens on every fucking play it's a matter of like how egregious it is and when they call it so a i think it should be a five-yard penalty but also they hold a lot you're a bitch nick bosa honestly that guy annoys me when he talks <laughs> is it anyone else or is he do you like him I, I, I you're mean, building in excuses seriously already on Super Bowl week. You're building in excuses that you couldn't sack the QB. That's annoying. That's a little gross. Also, or I heard he, he's racist. <laughs> or he's or, or he's just tipping the refs. Like yeah, we, we, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we've seen we've seen coaches say like this is exactly what's going to happen on this play. Watch out for it. And if then, that's the case, then man, they must have planted that question because that question fucking teed him up so fucking perfectly, right? Like anything you notice about that O line for the Chiefs? Yeah, they, they anything at all? They, I bet they planted that whole question. I bet they did. I bet they planned ahead on that. You're absolutely right. Oh, you fucking diabolical bastard. Well, Mike <laughs> has read up on his Machiavelli because I would not think that Nick Bosa would be a tactical genius like that, but I would see the Shanahan's of the world being like, yo, go oh, say yeah. Go say yeah. this. Just say and, this. And, and, like, and we're going to know if he, if there's two holding penalties on the off- on the Chiefs in the first quarter. <laughs> right off the bat. <laughs> I mean, what, what, what do you say about that, though? Because, like, to me, like, we talked about that, that – play getting blown up because was it who was standing offside was it Valdez scantling when travis kelsey did the like lateral Tooney. to was it was it and it was like so he stands offside and it's like a generationally good play gets blown up and it's just not a highlight any, anymore okay whatever do you think that that's indicative of how that o-line does set up like is there any truth in the fact that they hold a lot? Like, are are they fast loose to the rules? You remember the first Thursday night game where well, they had, like a guy lining up constantly in the wrong position yeah, on purpose? Yeah, but Kadari- I mean, Kadarius Tony was egregiously offsides. Like he was uh, like a half a foot offside. Come on, who cares? Yeah, right. So and and like he looked to the refs for like acknowledgement, and 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 you know I like to shit on the refs all the time, but they they already they already came. I out thought they were we, supposed to give him a heads up one time. I thought they did. They did three times in that game. Oh, they did. And he still did that. Okay, well, never mind. You're a fucking idiot. You can't do that. <laughs> they were like, dude, we we're telling him. Like, I, we we're fucking, I'm sorry. We told him a bunch right. of times. Like, I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry. Uh, that's okay. Fair enough. I'll take that. But do, but anyway, do, answer my question though. Do you think there's any truth in like that they try and get away with shit on the, on the O line specifically? They try to get an edge down there for the benefit of one Pat Mahomes Jr.? I, yeah, but I think every, I, to your point, I think every offensive line does the same thing. I, if they're if they do it and they don't get called for it, that just means that they're better at it than everybody else. And that that's you know what? Fuck every de- like, if you're being held as a defensive lineman, do what some of the uh, sometimes what uh, the Baltimore defensive lineman does flail because they yeah, actually yeah, get yeah. holding called against them a ton. So like do it. 
man, I don't know. It's a slippery slope. Like right when you said that I was agreeing with you. And then I started to think about another sport I like that you don't like, which is soccer where a big thing we're trying, you know, as fans of the game to stamp out is like diving simulation, like acting like you're more hurt than you are stuff. Like the problem is like when that shit works, it stays in the game. You know what I mean? Like when, if that works on the, and this is on the referees to just like not get baited. I'm not saying like the players shouldn't do it because your condition as a player to try to gain every advantage. So I always try to explain to people, it's like, oh, they're divers. They're such pussies. It's like, dude, they're just, it's going to benefit them in the game. That's the issue. It's not that they're like softer or like, it's like, that's just a very, a very silly way of looking at it because like, why would they, are they, they're not really hurt. We're all in agreement that they're simulating pain in order to like gain an advantage. The issue is when they gain that advantage, when they do that, when it's obvious and they gain that advantage. And I think that it's a real slippery slope because I witnessed it in my lifetime. Like when I was a little kid, when I was up until I was like nine, I'd say, or 10 years old, like diving simulation, that stuff wasn't really in the game as much. Like there was, there was at least whole leagues where if you did that, you would just get crunched because it was like, dude, don't fucking do that shit. Now it's everywhere. It's rampant. It's yellow cards, calling for yellow cards, doing this, that, and the other. And it's like, before you know it, your sport can become theater. You know, it, yeah. it, it can go from an actual competition to who can convince the refs more or less. So for me, my ins- I agree with you that uh, from a player perspective, that is what they should do. But from a fan perspective, I would be nervous just because I've been burned before, if that makes sense. Yeah, but I think that the – and now maybe I'm putting too much trust in the players. I don't think that the players would allow that to to go down that 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 – like that hole, right? Because then if holding does truly happen yeah, on every you're play, trusting, and, and you're then, trusting, that's the honor system. It's, it's never I, ever yeah. worked out. <laughs> it, it, well, it, it doesn't, it doesn't benefit them. It, it will benefit the defense for a while. And then the NFL will step in and say, you know what? Yeah, it's yeah, no yeah. longer a 10 yard penalty. The way, the, way the sport's penalty. set up, it's like, it can be, it can sort of even itself out a little bit. I agree with you there. Okay. Well, the thing we didn't get a chance to do, the one, the one really fresh uh, take on this show is I want to know a uh, score prediction and a uh, winner. And then I want to know what you think is going to happen with the first overall pick in the NFL draft after that. Okay. Uh, so I have the, the Kansas city chiefs winning this game, uh, 28, 24. Uh, I think it's going to be a very, uh, I, I think that, like I said, the Niners are going to score 10 points in the, in, in the first quarter. And then uh, the chiefs are going to have some sort of like an onslaught in the third and and then just, just pretty much put the game away. Uh, I, I, I want to like I want to be on the record and say I've never seen anything like this quarterback in Kansas City before, but we we have, and because we've seen it, we know what to expect, and it doesn't feel like this is going to be another one that he's going to lose because the other goat, you know, or the goat is not staring him uh, across the field. Yeah, I mean, essentially, only Tom Brady can beat Pat Mahomes in a situation like this <laughs> as it stands, as it's currently constituted. So. Yeah, that's it's it's hard to disagree with you, honestly. I I do I am favoring the Chiefs. I think it'd be cool if if the 49ers won it for a multitude of reasons. I think as much as I think only, both, only for Brock Purdy. Yeah, it would be cool for Brock Purdy. I think I think it would be devastating to the because you made this great point. Actually, I just I do want to quickly bring up before we end. The only person who's like really on the line here is Shanahan. And yep. this is your point from last night where it's like Andy Reid's already won his shit. Mahomes like shouldn't have even been there. Purdy shouldn't have even been there. He's so young. He has his whole future ahead of him. It's it's Shanahan. And after you said that to me last night, I fully agreed with you at the time. And then I started thinking about it afterwards. And, and I brought it up earlier. It is that whole coaching tree, like the Mike McDaniels of the world, the, the McVeigh's of the world, the Shanahan's in the world like that, that 
that revolutionary offensive system that cuts everybody up until week 13. You know what I mean? Like, is that going to be yep. that the, the narrative that's going to start to creep in? Can you only do it if you have a generational talent like Debo Samuel and Tyreek Hill? Does that affect the overall sort of thinking on whether that's a system that's system based? <laughs> you know, it's like, is it not just have fucking Tyreek Hill? Is is that your system? You know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, there's a possibility. It just have Debo Samuel. Here's my system. I'm a guru. First, have Debo Samuel. That's that's step one. I mean, it could be that simple. Football has a tendency sometimes of slapping the X's and O's guys and letting them know that it's kind of a game one in the trenches, you know, and, and of right. either, either team right now who an NFL game, even a Super Bowl can always get dragged into the trenches if you do it effectively. And if it's a trench game, there's only one winner and that's the Kansas City Chiefs. And I don't even think you're going to watch Pat Mahomes. I don't even think there's going to be a ton of Pat Mahomes highlights in a win like that. I mean, I think he'll make a couple great throws, but if you go and you watch like the Moby soundtrack to his highlights at the end of his career on YouTube, I'm not sure we're going to see a lot of this Sunday's <laughs> game in there. I really think if they win, it's going to be because they mix it up. They hold the ball. They do what they've been doing all playoffs. They, you know, nine minute drives, frustrate, uh, be chippy, you know, talk shit. They're doing that essentially because they don't have the skill players to not do that. Right. And if you are the 49ers and you let that stuff get to you and you let the game get away from you and drag you, you're, you guys are ballerinas, you're, you're, you're ice skaters. You need to be on the stage with a spotlight on you. And if they, drag you down into the trenches. You're going to get muddy. It's going to get on your sequence and you're not going to like it very much. So we'll see if they can keep it upstairs or downstairs this coming Sunday, but I'm very excited to recap it. And uh, just so everybody knows, we probably are going to dive straight into like we always do the Celtics season all-star breaks coming up. And that's when basketball really will start to ramp, but we will have plenty of football content coming your way. The draft I'm heavily invested in it. Mike, did you say the bears are going to draft Caleb Williams? So I here's what I think is going to happen. You ready for this? I think the Bears are going to trade out of the number one pick for the number two pick and something like it. And and then I think they're going to trade the number two pick <laughs> and uh, and Justin Fields to the Patriots for the three and all of their picks. Interesting. But I, I think your GM is going to come out with like three first round picks of this year's draft. Interesting. And then what they get Drake May. <clears throat> I mean. Because we we need we need to draft a quarterback in that scenario. Do you think Caleb's really gonna? I, I, if they, I if they if good. Where I've landed on it is there's no way to know. All the data has been inputted. All the data has been inputted. There's there's that this is why he is and this is why he isn't. It's all in there, and you either think this thing or you think that thing, and the only thing left to do is draft him and start him. Like that's the only thing left to do at this point. I I can make you both cases. Like both cases exist on the internet with ample backup. Not I, not to I, go too far into this though, but like DK, I think all of the physical things that we love about uh, Caleb Williams are what we are, are what some of what Justin Fields lacks. But uh, yeah. but all of the questions about mentality about Caleb Williams are all the things that Justin Fields has. He never gave up on this team. Like, and he got better this year. Yeah, I guess I I feel like I feel like that Packers game did a real number on my sort of trust for I've had a lot of situations where I'm like I went from advocating for Justin Fields to be just please give him the chance the opportunity to either win or lose this game because those are the stakes. We just need to put it in his hands. When it was Nagy, 
or whether it was Eberflus. Eberflus was much better about this. I will say that. But when it was Nagy, it was like, he's not letting Justin Fields, he's not living or dying on Justin Fields. And that's what we need to see right now. And unfortunately, Nagy or uh, Eberflus did it enough. And he did it in the last game where I think I got a, a big enough sample size weighed against the potential for this number one overall pick and the sort of serendipity of getting it and where we are with it that, yeah, I think Justin Fields could, could maybe go and have a successful career somewhere, but I think we gave him plenty of opportunities to be the guy. And I, I don't think he stepped up in saying that. I think that I don't think it was a mentality problem with Justin Fields. I think it was, I think it was just that if you, if you can't make, five specific it's like being a baseball pitcher you can't go in there with one pitch you know you just can't it's just not going to work when you get to the major leagues i think caleb williams has like an arsenal of throws i think it zips out of his hand in a way that it just doesn't with justin fields at all i think that there's a defense you can play against justin fields that will always work and i don't think that you can have that be your qb i i just i just don't because i he can't make he can't do what Jordan Love you saw do, which is like zip you up in the zone. He can't just like cut you up in the middle. He can make great deep throws, really, really accurate, yep. well-timed deep throws. He can run and he can do pretty basic check down stuff. But I would just point you to a screen pass. His screen pass takes forever. It takes forever to get over to the, to the guy. It's just not, it doesn't have the zip. Caleb Williams is like a wrist flicker guy. He just flicks his wrist and the thing looks like a fucking cannonball. And it's like, just on that alone, I, I I just think just take the take the the obvious thing because if you take Caleb Williams and he's a bust, you can go like, well, everybody said he wasn't gonna be, so what do you want us to fucking do? But if you don't take him and he's perennially great, you never live that down. So just based on that, I would take him. Um, what 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 do you think the uh, because you asked me, what do you think the Pats gonna do at three, quarterback or Marvin Harrison Jr. You know, I, I I honestly have no idea because it, it, for me, I think if it was Bill, he would either do the Bill thing of like trading out of that position or he was always the like, just take the best guy available guy. Like, I think I learned Kinda. about that. I, I learned that because of Bill Belichick. Like, he He's the one that like said that sentence out loud at a press conference. Like, you just go get the best guy and he like, you plug him in where you can. And, and he built great teams doing that. So I think he might've taken Marvin Harrison if that's the case. But you he, think, took you think, Harry, he took Nikhil Harry instead of Debo or DK Metcalf. But yeah, take the best guy. I just think that the game had maybe passed him by a little bit at that point. <laughs> or maybe he was just believing his own bullshit a little bit where he's like, I can take Nikhil <clears throat> Harry into like the next Wes Welker or something. And he just knew what he could do with a guy of that profile, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, what? how come he doesn't have a job? Oh, this could, I mean, because he That's wants really all the weird. power. That's really weird. Do you think he met? I just think did he only meet with Atlanta? Like I'm, I that's the only one I heard about. He had conversations. Oh, he had two meetings with Atlanta. He had a conversation with uh with the Commanders. But at the end of the day, like this is now an offensive minded league, and it's about innovative uh, innovation on the offensive side. You think he's going to get fired now? Yeah, well, I think with Bill's strengths are not offense. It is game management and it is defense. And if you know what you've seen over the last four years with him building and molding an offense, like that's not. It's, that's not really awe-inspiring. So I think maybe uh, we're, we're going to see a rehabilitation tour in the media over the next year uh, where he he tried, you know, he, him and his little fucking minions uh, try to make us forget that the last four years ever happened. And, you know, when McCarthy inevitably fucking chokes again next year, he could land in Dallas or if things so go good really in Dallas, bad. Though, with, with what you said about his defensive <clears throat> capabilities alone, like he'd be so good. That, giving him that Dallas squad, oof, my God. I know. That would look so scary. I know. 
It'd be so weird. It'd be so like incestuous though, wouldn't it? It's like, it's like somebody dating your sister, you know, it's like uh, Bobby will have had Bill Belichick as a coach. Like, yeah, uh, but there's a lot, like there is, that's there strange. is a lot. There is a little movement south of the border. Uh, when I think about the fact that I get to tell Bobby that the only reason he won another championship is because we gave him Bill Belichick. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That is really funny. That's you. You have a, a stupendous way of uh, looking at the most diabolical things. Well, on that note, uh, I'd love to see it happen. But the next thing that we're going to talk about is the result of the uh, of the Super Bowl. So for myself, for Mike Marcangelo, uh, the second attempt at the Super Bowl preview podcast, a roaring success, I might say. Uh, this has been missing the point. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for Season 2 of the Wanna Bet Podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that Season 2 starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric acid. Electric acid. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body, and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies, and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress, and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Electric Acid.